0: This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
1: How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings on this Wednesday from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm Sean Kelly. Welcome in. It is the last day of the regular season in the NBA. And so, therefore, the Pelican season comes to a close here at the Target Center tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. 30 wins right now. We'll see if they get 31 tonight. Uh, Otherwise, you know, it's all said and done. And unlike last year, uh, the postseason is not a part of our plans, unfortunately. But uh, it should be a nice day to to wrap the season up. Uh, The uh, home schedule was a winner and uh, now they've had a little bit of momentum with some better play on the road late in the season. We'll see how it finishes out tonight. You know, the other things that we'll be looking at tonight, obviously, you know, will Golden Golden State win 73 games uh, on the season? Uh, How do all the seedings uh, fall into place in both the Eastern and Western Conferences? And Kobe Bryant's final game tonight uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers at the Staples Center. So it'll be a busy day, of course. Um, with regard to the NBA. The NHL postseason, by the way, starts as well. Not that we follow that a whole lot, but worth noting. Uh, We have our final Wesley Wednesday here from uh, Minneapolis, and uh, it's a special one. It's kind of an extended visit looking back on the entire season. And not only do we have David Wesley, but we have John DeShazer too. Uh, We have a little roundtable discussion last night after arriving at the team hotel, and uh, we'll share that with you today. And then we'll uh, talk to Quincy Pondexter. I visited with Quincy this past week. He, of course, uh, was not able to play this season, uh, and uh, he reflects back on that process, how how difficult that was, how difficult it's been for the team with all the injuries uh, in general, and then the hopes for next season, uh, specifically for him and uh, his availability come training camp time in the fall. So a lot of Pelican stuff today here on this Wednesday. Uh, The first couple of days this week, obviously, have been um, uh, very difficult Uh, in remembering the lives of Will Smith and Hokey Gaijan while we were back at the Saints facility. But here on this Wednesday, uh, we'll talk Pelicans and wrap up the regular season uh, before going back home and, and rejoining you for a black and blue report from Studio B tomorrow. We'll take our first break. When we come back, a little roundtable discussion on a Wesley Wednesday, then Quincy Pondexter before we get ready to wrap up the uh, Pelicans schedule. Stay with us.
3: Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us. Here to build a future with you.
0: Guess what day it is? Pump day. Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to Minneapolis. We get started on a special Wesley Wednesday because here we are, uh, about ready to end the regular season, and um, and even though Black and Blue Report is here on a Wesley Wednesday, this visit we've we've time warped back to Tuesday night. Because um, we've gathered, instead of a hotel lobby, we've gathered into uh, my hotel room, which overlooks the Target Center here in Minneapolis. And uh, so because it is the end of the regular season, our last Wesley Wednesday, David, I thought not only should we do it here just the night before the game, but maybe we have a cocktail to celebrate at the end of the season. I think it's the perfect ending
5: uh, to a season that's been uh, quite rough yep. for the players, the coaches, uh, the or- organization. Um, so, yes, why not have a
1: cocktail and also add a friend? Yes. John DeShazer is with us as well. Cheers, gentlemen. Let's clink some glasses here. Yep, there we go. Game 82 is tonight, or I should say Wednesday night, against the Minnesota Timberwolves at the uh, building across the street, the Target Center. So we've reached the end. The last tour stop is Minneapolis. Um, and, I, and I guess I'll start with with, the, with this. Is there any way at this point to put this season into words? David, it's your segment, so we'll start with you. But, John, give us some thought while David answers. It's, it's truly been a most unique season, at least, wouldn't you say?
5: I think the word that describes this season is frustrating. Uh, I think Alvin Gentry is frustrated. I think the players are frustrated. I think all of us that carry and, and watch and follow are frustrated. The injuries have been enormous, almost record-breaking. I'm sure there's teams that's had this many injuries, but for us it's been way out of control. So it's it's one of those seasons where you're thinking, let's hurry up and get to the end so that we can get to the better part of summer free agency, getting uh, different players, new players, uh, developing – the players that are going to go forward and get to the next season, so that we can have some success
1: and some fun. John, you're good with words. How do you? How do you try and put this into a sentence or two or five? Uh, ditto.
6: No, I mean that's a that's a good uh, a good really rap on it. Um, you know, you, you hear people say, you know, put a wrap on it, put a bow on it. You can put a band aid on this one. I mean, this has been that kind of season to where it seems like everybody who's significant has been hurt. Now, the one thing we have seen this season, if these guys run Alvin Gentry system, whether they're fully healthy or they're strapped down, it works. It works. When they share the basketball and swing the basketball and get it to the open guy, it works. So now the problem is or the solution is finding the right combination of guys who will run this system consistently because it works. It works.
5: Yes, and, and I want to I comment on what he does. The, the, the thing about it is it works. And when you have those elite guys, in addition to what works, now you have the end of the shot clock, the end of game, the go-to guy. And that's where you start not just having it work, but like in a game against Chicago, you can go out and win a game. And and you need those guys, and we don't have those guys at this point, but what John just said is perfect. It, it works, and then when you need those guys to then take over, now you have those guys,
1: and right now they don't. I thought something that was very interesting. Uh, Alvin Gentry said at the Bulls game the other night that he told his team, the team, all 18 dudes right now that have been a part of this roster – I guess the message was, look, if we come back next season and play as a group as this current lineup has played, we're going to be in good shape. I I thought, John, it it was two things. One, it was a pat on the back to the lineup that features three guys that were in the D League, a couple of guys further down the roster, and it was a little bit of a challenge to the guys wearing the nice, clean suits right now, the alleged, you know, Frontline players of your franchise.
6: Look, if they didn't hear the sirens on that, then they're tone deaf <laughs> yes. because that's basically saying, look, we've got three guys that we just had in here for basically a month. I need you guys who have been here the be- the longest and are the best players to play like those guys. And if you don't get that message, then that's because you're not listening and you don't want to hear it because what he's saying is we've got some guys who will play as hard as they possibly can for as long as they can now I need you guys, when you come back,
1: to do the exact same thing. Amen. <laughs> um, let's take the season. Uh, we're kind of in the moment, there's no doubt. As as the three of us are with the nature of our jobs, we're kind of always kind of in the moment. Last five games, what lies ahead, the opponent tonight. Because it's the end of the season, we should probably broaden our scope here a little bit. Give me, both of you, Without taking up forty minutes of time here, <laughs> give me a, a, a positive or two and a negative or two across the the entire season. I know that's a large body of work, but what jumps, what jumps off the page at you when you think back as to the journey from October on? Okay, first of all, I know you're you're hosting the
5: show and you can't cut me off, so don't be telling me I can't I can't talk. <laughs> all right, but the, I I think the positives are that you got a couple of guys in here that you can evaluate for next year. And and everybody's been through the system. So next year, you don't have to reintroduce. It should be more of a, all right, this is what we expect. You see what's going on. And we should hit the ground running with healthy bodies. And hopefully everybody will come back healthy. The negatives for me would be, Obviously, the injuries, the lack of hard play at times, um, games that this team should have won, they didn't win, and it all goes back to lack of hard play. That would be my kind of spin on this season.
6: Yeah, I I, I think the biggest positive I get is is Drew Holiday's legs. Uh, We've seen Drew Holiday healthy for the first time in New Orleans and what he's capable of doing when he's healthy. And he can be really, really good when he's healthy. Uh, as an elite defender, as a guy who can score, as a guy who can distribute, and as a guy who's unafraid to take game-winning type shots. Um, every team's got to have one of those guys, and he seems like he's got the guts to be able to do it. Um, the the thing I, I I don't like the ball sticking, um, where guys won't just you know rotate the basketball to the opposite side, and it's like, you know, trust your teammate. And we saw, I think, uh, some lack of trust defensively. It looked like it was more of I've got my guy and I'm got, not going to worry about the next guy's guy. And you've got to have that, that communication and that trust to where I'm going to rotate and be where I'm supposed to be regardless of what happens. I'm not going to worry about my guy. I'm going to protect my guy's back. And I don't think we saw enough of that. Amen.
1: <laughs> this is the most interesting dynamic you've ever seen here from my hotel room uh, in Minneapolis. I almost lost my train of thought here. Oh, I know what it is. Anthony Davis, what's next for the franchise player in this organization? John first. Well, (laughs) one, one, he's got to be healthy. He's got
6: to be healthy. Uh, 61 games. And I understand some of these are freakish injuries, and you just can't, can't avoid them. But the Pelicans need Anthony Davis in the 73, 75, 78 games played range. And, and more than that, they need him to be a, a – I don't know if this is the proper word, but they need him to be a little bit more doggish, a little bit more, you know, I got to have this and I don't care who's in my way, I'm going to take it anyway, as opposed to, you know, a guy who's willing to let it come to him. They need him to be a dominant force. And, and, and as much as that, they need him to be the top recruiter. Teams want to – you know, guys want to play with a guy who's a stud, but he's got to go out and sell it. He's got to go and sell this product. He's got to sell himself. He's got to sell this program. And that's the way you get elite, all star type players to come and play with him. It won't be because of the coach. It won't be because of the GM. It won't be because of the ownership. It'll be because they want to play with AD. All
1: right, John, let's continue. Oh, I'm sorry, David. Sorry, there was a little radio bias there. It is Wesley Wednesday. I apologize. Don't give me that look. (laughs) It is Wesley Wednesday. (laughs)
5: And I will start with saying Amen. <laughs> Come on. But my my thing for Anthony Davis is while well, he's expanded his game to shooting threes, that's all well and good. But I think that he has to have an inside presence. Whether it be Draymond Green pick and roll, drive the basketball and make plays, which that doesn't appear to be his game, or a guy on the block that you can throw the basketball to and get a basket or a pass that starts to swing, swing, swing. I think he has to have some type of presence, especially if you want to win games, down the the end of games, down the stretch. You have to have a guy who can go get you buckets, A little bit selfish, a little bit, I can get it done. It has to be a him. If he goes out and gets 15 shots in the first half, he can't be scared to get 15 more shots in the second half, as well as his teammates have to know that we're going to play through him. So I think he has to have, and I've said this for the last two years, he has to work on his post-game which I don't think is bad, and then the counter to whatever that post-game or move is to where you can count on him at the
1: end of games to go get you a basket. Fair enough, fair enough. This is a tough one, okay? Um, the good news is, is... <laughs>
6: Golden
1: State. Unfortunately, God, we have... we getting, There's so much to talk about with the Pelicans right now. It's <clears throat> We almost don't have enough time to talk about all the other great stuff that's going on in the league right now. But let's, we'll stay focused on the Pelicans for a moment. <clears throat> Look, one of the unfortunate byproducts of what's happened this season is the fact that you're not only a lottery team, but you're probably going to have a top six or seven pick, which here's me in the regular season I'm excited about. Okay. I mean, that's what, we've, that's what it is. If you take that into consideration and you also factor in there's some free agency situations going on, Ryan Anderson – Gary Gordon, again, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. How close does the roster that exists right now is it to what we'll see in October, perhaps Halloween time when we're ready to open the regular season?
5: I think it, I think it could be drastically different okay. depending on what's available, and it's easy to talk about free agency and what we should go out and get. Uh, a lot of people talk about, hey, let's just go get him. Well, if he's not available and he doesn't want to come to New Orleans, then shut up. <laughs> no disrespect. I but if 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 the, if the players are available, I think in the draft and free agency, obviously you need a shooting guard, somebody who's a knockdown shooter. Uh, I think James Ennis has certainly... giving you a kind of, yes, this could be a nice backup three who could get the job done. Okay, who's your starting three? Shooter, two-way player would be nice. Again, that idea doesn't mean that guy is out there, but it would be certainly a a situation where you'd want to get a two-way player who can shoot the three. Who can drive it, make plays, high basketball IQ, blah blah blah. That can defend. So, I think those would be the the the
6: focus this summer. Okay. Amen. <laughs> no, I mean, I I think you start with the scoring wing because I think you have your your two foundational pieces in AD and Drew Holiday if you want to go in that direction. So I I think you have to have a scoring wing. And as David said, you got to get a guy who can defend and score. Um, I think this roster is going to be – I think it's going to be a lot different from what the season began because I believe what Alvin Gentry has seen down the stretch is, you know, again, we've got some guys who can play in this system. This system will work. And they might not be the most talented guys, but we need some hard-playing guys. Now, does that mean, you know, he sees the hard-playing guys on this roster? I don't necessarily know that because, you know, when he gives a speech to the team saying, I want these, I, you know, you guys should take note of how, how these guys played against Chicago. That's a message to every guy who is in there wearing a suit, whether he's hurt or whatever, that, look, I didn't see this from you guys when you had your chance. Now I see it from guys who are really hungry. So they're looking for hungry guys, and you hopefully are able to pair up that hunger with some more elite talent. Um, but, yeah, I think the roster is going to look totally different. I mean, I think you've got your, your, your foundational pieces, but how can you add to them and how can you, you add some pieces that can supplement what they do?
1: It might be difficult. There are some hurdles here. Contracts, draft, free agency, otherwise. Stay tuned on that. Um, I can't help but think of the 18-win season you got to be a long-time New Orleans basketball fan at this point to to understand Byron Scott's first year with the team. David, I know you know this season because that's the season you were traded away from New Orleans. It was the Rockets, right? Yes. Um, and there were some interesting numbers. It was J.R. Smith's rookie year, and J.R. had some promising numbers in the spring of that season. Um, there were some other guys in that roster that some barely hung on in the league. Some never never came back somebody had to score something right and so there were numbers that we saw that spring that were out of whack and so again you know you're you're looking at a 30 maybe a 31 win season with the pelicans depending on what happens against the timberwolves tonight but I, i i can't help but be cynical here and ask you guys about tim frazier because of where we are Am I watching the silly numbers of Casey Jacobson and Dan Dickow and those guys of the 18-win season, or am I watching a Tim Frazier who's showing that he's for real? A hard question, I understand. Is Tim Frazier, John, for real enough so that he comes back as a guard on your roster next season? I think
6: he can play. I don't. I don't know if he's a starter. Um, he's smallish, six one, listed at one seventy, and he, I'm I'm putting money on he's probably about one sixty. <laughs> I'm I think he can play though, because you can see when you see him play, you see his vision, his willingness to uh, distribute the ball. He can score in some situations, and, and more than anything, he'd be playing against other teams, twos and threes, and I think he can get it done in that situation. You put the ball in his hands. And guys should want to run because he'll give it up. And I think that's what you need out of a point guard, especially you know, a guy who's coming off the bench as a spark plug. I think the starters would like playing with him. Mm-hmm. He looks like a guy who, again, he's able to pass the basketball. He's got really good vision. Now, sometimes he's a little small and he can't get it where he wants to get because he just doesn't have the physical capabilities of getting it there. Fair. But, I mean, I think, the, I think the kid can play. I might be wrong, but I think he can play. Amen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think I think
5: I think I think we're thinking all the same kind of thing. And I think I think Tim Frazier is a good solid backup guard to Drew Holiday. If if Drew Holiday or in our case Tyreek Evans is running the point guard position, I think he's a good third guard to go in and run the show. I think he changed tempo and And I think he knows how to play and if if and I think this for backup guards mm-hmm. you you want your backup guard to be able to start if needed, if needed yeah. for ten five ten games, you want him to be able to start and hold down the fort and for for me, after watching him. 12 14 games whatever it is yeah,
1: 15, to be
5: 15. Yeah. whatever it, i think that if he was in a starting position that he could hold down the fort he makes good decisions he has he has that pass first mentality he knows uh, what the offense is and what the offense is, is designed to do and then he's going to push the ball this team wants to push. I think this guy is the one you need as your backup point guard for this team.
1: I give him a good – I give him a big thumbs up. Okay. Fair enough. We're about out of time. Um, we're gonna, we should do a playoff edition to this. We'll, we'll work toward, the, like, the, maybe the conference finals because it would be fun. But while I have you both here, as, as the, the regular season is wrapping up tonight um, – do the Golden State Warriors win tonight? Do we see a new record of 73 wins in a regular season? Is Golden State right now the best team you've you've seen? David, <laughs> David's got a look on his face. So I'll start with you. We're running out of time. So yes, no, and why?
5: It's hard to say that they're the best team I've ever seen because I was in a league with that uh, 72-win Chicago Bulls right. team. Yes. And they were a beast, and because I haven't actually been on the floor, it's hard for me to give them. Yes, but seventy-three is 73 no, it, is. it is. Seventy-three is seventy-three. Yes, it is. And 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 regardless, of if they get seventy-two or seventy-three, and they're at seventy-two right now. They're pretty awesome to watch, and if and, and as a basketball fan, when they come on TV. And and mostly because I knew Steph Curry when he was a kid,
6: I watch. Yeah, I, I mean it, it's hard to argue with the numbers. I mean the numbers are what they are. You hear all these old timers saying, "Well, you know they couldn't do this in their in our era." Well, they're not playing in your era, and <laughs> could you play in their era? You know, so that that's what you lean towards. So, yeah, that that Bulls team was was something to behold. Um, I'm a Showtime Lakers fan myself. And so I don't know how they would hold up against them, but they don't have to play against them. They don't have to play against them. You're right, they don't. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, the competition. All you can do is beat the people. You play on your schedule, and what they're doing is beating the brakes off the people on their schedule. So, yeah, I love to see them. They're gonna get seventy-three because they're concentrated on, it and they're focused on, it and they want to do it. I don't think they're gonna sit people out. They're gonna play, and I think they're gonna win the game.
1: We're gonna do another edition of this. There's no I doubt. Um, David, I'm looking at the, the clock here. We're over 21 minutes now on the segment. Uh, well, is it because is it because is it because we did this over cocktails or because John's here? It's because John's here. I mean, he's, he's talking
5: our face off, man. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why you would bring him in here. I, I want to know. And uh, hey, listen, if you want me, you get me. If you want to bring in John, this is ridiculous. I, I I can't work like this. All right, fair enough.
1: We'll take a break. We'll wrap up Black and Blue Report from Minneapolis, of all places. It's the home of Prince, by the way. A little respect, gentlemen. You don't have to be here.
0: A little. <laughs> a little re- <laughs> A
5: little guy.
1: The season wraps up tonight. Pelicans and Timberwolves. will be back on the Black and Blue Report here from Minnie in just a moment.
2: Your 2016-17 Pelican season tickets are on sale now. Be sure to lock yours in before April 13th to receive your limited edition Anthony Davis Mardi Gras uniform bobblehead. You'll also be entered into our parade of prizes where you'll have the chance to win autographed jerseys, trips with the team, and much more. As a Pelican season ticket holder, you'll enjoy many benefits, including access to exclusive team events and savings on concessions and merchandise. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today.
4: Healthcare with peace of mind.
0: We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Quincy, this is the exact place that I want to interview you, on a basketball floor. Better yet, you in shorts, a t-shirt coming off of a basketball floor. How you been?
7: Uh, I've been great. Um, It's been a crazy last year for me um, with all the surgeries and all, but, um, you know, I'm I'm doing really well with my therapy and rehab and everything. It's going really well, and I'm excited to for next season. Even though this one's not over yet.
1: Yeah. For folks, Q, who, who lost track of you and what you were going through, what would you want them to know about this, these past several months? I mean, I guess since January on.
7: Uh, it's been a full. It's not even since January. You know, it's since it's been a full year. You know, we had an operation last time, this time last year, and. Right. It didn't work out the best, and we didn't uh,
1: know that until
7: winter time this year, right? Yeah, we didn't really know. Even uh, I didn't know until January. You know, I was even after they told me I had to have another surgery, I tried to lace them up and play a few games, you know? and so uh, we knew it wasn't best for my best interests um, in this league and for our team in the long run. So we had to shut it down for the rest of the year and have another operation in January. Um, it went really well. We corrected what what was uh, a mistake on the first one, and uh, I'm looking forward to next season.
1: D- d- is that why? I guess you were scratching your head so much because I think you had plans of coming back early in the season, didn't
7: you? Uh, of course. I we had plans of it, but it didn't go uh, according to plan, and um, it was still a lot of pain, a lot of a lot of things, a lot of discomfort that you know you couldn't necessarily play through, and and it wasn't my best interest to play through it. So even though I wanted to really bad, uh, I just couldn't do it, and it, it sucked. It really sucked. Gosh.
1: Uh, Will the rehab from the the second surgery be as difficult as the first?
7: Uh, Probably more difficult, more tedious. Um, You know, we're correcting my whole body, and, um, you know, the knee is really, really important, but um, we got to correct some things to hopefully make sure I don't have any type of knee issues ever come up again in life.
1: You look like you've slimmed down a little bit, have you?
7: Yeah, I've, I've lost like 10 pounds so far. Usually when you get. Uh, hurt, you're sitting on the couch and get fat out of shape, but, you know, my trainer's been really kicking my butt every single day, and um, you know, I'm, I'm determined to come back a new player next year.
1: How hard will it be to get your basketball skills back to where you want them to be? It won't. <laughs> really? It
7: won't. Nah, I, I work too hard. It, I, I'll be better than ever. It, you don't, it's funny when people uh, say that, you know, how are you going to come back from basketball, how are you going to be I'm going to be fine, you know, I study the game, I, I'm more obsessed than I've ever been in my life about the game, and Um, once I'm able to pit the time in on the court, I know I work three times as hard as anybody else, so I'll be fine.
1: Is there a chance you'll be back by training camp, or is that still too
7: fuzzy? thats I'll I'll be back by training camp. There's no question about that. I'll be back by training camp and um, hopefully be the starting three-man for the Pelicans uh, for next year and for a long time to come.
1: That'd be fine with me. Um, did uh, Did you shake your head as the whole season progressed, not only in your situation, but the uh, training room around you got more and more and more crowded. Have you ever seen anything like that before?
7: I've never seen anything like that before. Um, you know, it's it just wasn't meant to be this year for our team. You know, it's, it's some one of those things that you have to, like, kind of shake your head and laugh at, at some point, even though you're so angry with how it wins. You just have to say, you know, we're going through this for a reason and looking forward to the answer to this, to the solution to this, and seeing how we build from it, learn from it, and get tougher and, Um, You know, these tough times are going to make the great times that much better.
1: At times when I look down the bench, I see eight guys in a suit. You guys could have your own timeout huddle all to yourselves, Quincy.
7: Yeah, we definitely could. And some of the players that are in those suits are pretty good, like Anthony Davis uh, for a shake. But, like, you know, it's something that you can't – we didn't predict going into this season. And um, hopefully we never have this issue ever, ever again in life.
1: Quincy, give me something, a real tangible example of something that you've learned about the game of basketball this year, watching from from right next to the floor.
7: Um, I would probably say just, just the amount of the different type of players there are nowadays. I, I, you just examine more of the players and you see um, what successful players are doing. You see what the game slows down for you when you get to watch it, and it helps you uh, become a better player. But you become more of a coach. You, you analyze the little things that you might not necessarily pay attention to when you're a player, and uh, those things have really made me better this offseason.
1: There's one guy I want to ask you about before we wrap up our visit, and that's Luke Babbitt, and here's why. Because I think in the very early onset of your career, you weren't getting the chance or the minutes, I think, that, that you felt like would help you emerge now as a, as a starter in this league. A guy like Luke Babbitt in this situation really has never really had that chance, and, and he's played well here of late. Can you can you relate in some way to say, hey, look, there's so many good guys in this league. Sometimes it's a matter of just being behind the wrong guy. Or like, hey, Tim Frazier behind Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I don't think people realize how talented the guys are 1 through 15, maybe not 1 through 5 in this
7: league. Do you get where I'm going with this? I completely agree. Um, everyone, you're... When you're in the NBA, you're in the top 400 in the world um, of playing the game of basketball. You know, if you're top 400 in the world in whatever profession you're in, you're you're really, really special. And um, Luke Babbitt's a really good player. Tim Frazier's a really good player. There's some of the guys that we brought in on 10 days, whether it's Jordan Hamilton and all the other guys, they're really, really good players. Um, and so you can't discount that at all. And um, a guy like Luke, he just needed confidence. And I think once... It, he sees that ball going in, he's able to play, and we're able to see what he's able to do. I think it's only going to translate to to more success for him. And, um, you know, maybe next year it's it's going to help him a lot. You know, it's going to help him being confident in whatever capacity he's able to play with us, you know. And um, coaches see what he's able to do, and um, the fans better yet see what he's able to do. And so I I think that's going to help him really progress in his game. And um, Luke's a good guy. He works really, really hard. And um, I love him being on our team.
1: I knew you'd be able to give me some perspective on that. Hey, um, as far as the summer goes, where do you spend the rest of your rehab process? Can you mix business with pleasure in any way in the off season?
7: Nah, there's no pleasure this summer. You know, I've already told my family and my friends and uh, everyone that's close to around me, our training staff, and everything that um, I'm not planning on taking any type of vacation or breaks until next after next season and. Um, I'm really just dedicated on on being the best player I could possibly be. So when people question if I'm going to be back to myself or how good I'm going to be next year, um, they just know that I'm going to put in all the time and effort and dedicate my game and myself to to hopefully getting better for the Pelicans organization and myself.
1: I have a lot of faith in your process. I'll I'll admit, though, I'm not real good at being patient. I, I just assume you come back. As soon as
7: possible, Q. Man, you know, I'm the most impatient person in the world, and God really, really challenged me on this one. So um, being out for this entire year has been really, really tough at times. I know people around me probably hate me half the time because I'm in bad moods. But, you know, I just want to play the game of basketball, and I can't wait to get back out there with the team. Thanks, Q. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
2: Your 2016-17 Pelican season tickets are on sale now. Be sure to lock yours in before April 13th to receive your limited edition Anthony Davis Mardi Gras uniform bobblehead. You'll also be entered into our parade of prizes where you'll have the chance to win autographed jerseys, trips with the team, and much more. As a Pelican season ticket holder, you'll enjoy many benefits, including access to exclusive team events and savings on concessions and merchandise. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Trust
3: isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank,
0: here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Our broadcast uh, from the Target Center tonight begins at 6.30 uh, with Pelicans warm up. Daniel Sowerson will be in our Smoothie King Center studios. John DeShazer and I will be um, courtside here for the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. The regular season finale tip off just after 7 o'clock tonight. The team will travel back to New Orleans after the ball game, and then uh, tomorrow night's on the Pelicans Radio Network flagship station WRNO. It is the final Alvin Gentry show of the season. That will be at seven o'clock as well. Otherwise, we'll see you on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. We anticipate starting our draft preview tomorrow. Uh, coming up here over the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll be uh, we'll be visiting with folks covering each of the teams uh, in the top eleven of the NFL draft, leading up to the Saints' selection at twelve. We'll also be uh, profiling the needs of the other NFC South teams. So we anticipate that beginning tomorrow, as a matter of fact, our series uh, tomorrow. Uh, also, make sure you go to NewOrleansSaints.com. Uh, there is information there on the uh, on the uh, public viewing and remembrance at the Saints practice facility scheduled for Friday uh, surrounding the life of uh, Will Smith. So that is yours Uh, on NewOrleansSaints.com, We'll probably preview more of that on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report as well. For our great guests today, John DeShazer, David Wesley, and Quincy Pondexter, I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks again for being a part of um, our day. Uh, We'll say goodbye for now from Minneapolis. This is the Black and Blue Report.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source The Black and Blue Report.